Welcome to the Lift Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is the greatest lift in life. We are so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will give you a lift of encouragement through this message. Team Sunday, pray with me. Father, I thank you so much for who you are. Lord, I just want to hide behind your word today. So Father, I, I submit my personality and who I am. All of it is for you and for your glory. Father, would you receive it all? Father, would you ready all of our hearts to hear from you, to, to, to learn from you, and to be changed by you? Father, where we need to change, change us. And where you just want to affirm us, affirm us. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone agree with that? Say it. Amen. Amen. Um, there are times that I look around America and I'm concerned about our future. I'm concerned about where we're headed. Um, just this past weekend was 4th of July Sunday, uh, freedom uh, celebration, and yet on Monday, how many of you got the notification somewhere in the middle of the day that there was yet another mass shooting? We, I, I grew up in a day, many of you might have been in that kind of day where, um, listen, I went to a public school in Louisiana. We're not that smart, all right? But we like, they like to pull a lot of pranks, okay? And so at my public school, there was somebody chuckling every single day because, or, or, or once a week because we would have a bomb threat once a week because somebody just figured out that that's how we go out into the parking lot and get out of science class. And so every time they called a bomb threat, uh, there were kids chuckling because we started to know, okay, who did it this time, all right? And so we're, we're just going outside, but we didn't think that it was a very, legitimate threat nowadays there is a very legitimate threat and, and and then I think about not just the mass shootings and and where America's going but I also think about the increased numbers of de-churched people and unchurched people now I have a a certain affection for de-churched and unchurched people so if you ended up here today and that's where you find yourself I say come on let's do this thing let's have a conversation welcome home you can can just grow alongside with us you don't have to make a decision today but if God meets you right where you're at come on hear his voice because he'll do that but then I started thinking about de-churched and unchurched I think about a growing distrust of our neighbor we, we don't really trust our neighbor very much. We don't trust news cycles. We don't, we don't, we don't trust teachers, leaders, and uh, we, we don't trust some preachers, right? We, we're, there is a growing distrust on political divides and uh, just our neighbor in general. I think about when the sanctity of life given by God is debated, I, I worry that if we lose the sanctity of life, what will our future look like if, if we just decide uh, which lives are important and which are not. I, I, I worry about gender confusion. I worry about uh, 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 homosexuality is making a, a, a big grand sweep. And I worry when we just, uh, just accept it without looking at the word of God. But before you applaud, I worry even more about the sexual promiscuity that's going on in sex before, before marriage. So it doesn't matter which side of, of the gender, uh, uh, um, um, uh, what do you call it nowadays when I have to fill out the form at the medical office when they say, what do you prefer, you know? I, I, I worry about all sides. I worry about the future a little bit. 
and I've probably stepped on some toes in here by now. But before you just turn me off online or before you turn me off um, this morning in person, hear me out because there's two things that I'll share with you today. Number one, if you are not a Christian, if you're just trying to figure this thing out or you just got duped, someone told you you were going to a movie today and you're like, I don't know how I ended up with a preacher on stage. Okay, (laughs) Listen, I just want to say again, um, we're glad you're here. We're, we're glad you're listening, and my hope for you today is that you would hear in the message I'm about to share that the preferred future, which includes freedom, is based in something I'm about to share today. Uh, I, I pray you lean in, even if you've given up on God or if you've been hurt by some minister, I pray that you lean in because I believe I've got a message for you to hear today that I want you to weigh out. If you are a Christian, I feel like I'm speaking a message to those who, it's Team Sunday, okay? You've been called, you've been chosen to get in the game, but some of us might have grown weary. Some of us might have grown discontent. Some of us might have grown disinterested in the game of the Great Commission to go out into all the world and preach good news. And some of us might have subbed ourselves out and just settled for, as long as I ride the pine, wear the jersey, and show up to the games, that should be enough, right, Pastor? And I want to encourage you. You have a higher calling to get in the game and how it's going to make a difference. Amen? I want you to get back to your designated position on the court of domination, baby, okay? I'm reading a book. It's a deep philosophical book called Morality. It's by Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. If if you like that kind of deep, exhaustive book, then check it out. But he describes what America's going through, and that is this. We have moved from a we society to a me society society where 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 america was founded any great nation by the way is founded on the we principles the revolutionary war was not just a bunch of me's going hey put my face on social media and in the uh, evening news articles because it wasn't about me or the glorification of a hero it was about we having freedom it was about uh, a preamble of we the people Come on, uh, I hope I got the right uh, um, article, but it was always about us. It was not about me. And, and, and now we're in such a me society that abandons morals for my rights, my opinions, my rules, my way, right away. That's Bird King, baby. I'm not hating on Bird King, and I'm not hating on anything Americana. But I will say that the more and more we focus on me, the, the, the more and more I get concerned about the future. This is what Rabbi Jonathan Sachs says in his book. Love your neighbor. Love the stranger. Hear the cry of the otherwise unheard. Liberate the poor from their poverty. Care for the dignity of all. These are moral principles, not economic or political ones. They have to do with conscience, not wealth or power. But without them, freedom will not survive. He says the free market and liberal democratic state together will not save liberty because liberty can never be built by self-interest alone. I-based societies all will eventually fall. I-based societies all will eventually fall. 
If you do your historical research, every great empire, when it moved from we to me, had an eventual fall. And, and sometimes what we're doing right now that moves to me is we start believing with social media that everything I have to say is equally valued and equally weighted with anyone else, no matter if they've studied more, no matter if they've listened to more people, no matter if they're more of an expert, no matter if they've done their due diligence, as long as I got a keyboard or a phone and I get to say what I want to say I can put it out there and it should be equally weighted the problem is no great organization that you love is run that way um, your favorite sports team is not run that way last time I checked they did not go hey this game is going poorly no, head coach hey time out call up where's Drew Frieder sitting on his couch do you believe I should put in the backup quarterback or not? Because your opinion is equally as valued as mine, even though I've been putting in the effort and I've been putting in the expertise and I've dedicated my life to it. But we think, as we yell at the TV, you should do what I'm trying to tell you. I told you you should have traded that joker a long time ago. <laughs> but the best sports teams are not listening to absolutely every opinion. Your favorite restaurant, hopefully, is not listening to every opinion, I got a pet peeve. I like to eat. I like to enjoy some food. I like finding places that are just like jewels. What I don't like is going to a cuisine and finding out that they have abandoned their expertise and cuisine to make something for everyone. So if I go to your Chinese buffet, I want you to stick to making Chinese don't make chicken nuggets for my kids or french fries and then tell me you also got spaghetti and meatball twos because at some point I'm starting to question if you're good at anything instead of sticking to what you're good at. But sometimes when we let every opinion matter, we get off base and what was once great is sometimes barely good at all. In fact, if you ran your family that way, that everybody's voice in the family is equally weighted and important. You parents will be serving ice cream on top of pizza every single night of the week. And you're wondering, well, everybody's voice is equally valid here. Everyone's opinion counts. Everyone should be weighed in. If you ran your business that way, you might come up with some of the terrible combos that I have found online. I pray that this is not how your business is run, where you have created a driving school. Thank you, Roderick, for helping educate the future drivers, um, but also incorporating a liquor stop at the exact same place you're going to teach people how to drive. I don't know who showed up and said, you know what you need to really add here? You got a great thing going. Teaching young people how to drive if you could just sell alcohol too. I don't know whose opinion that was, but that shouldn't have been equally weighted. Or what about this person who is a little bit confused? Mabel Peabody has decided to do a wonderful thing, creating a beauty parlor that also does chainsaw repair. I'm not sure how that happens, but if that's not enough for you, it also acts as a nightclub too. We're talking about high utilization up in that industry. We're talking you can get your hair did and then see a chainsaw massacre right in the same place because we don't know what's going I think that's a high risk, high reward kind of industry right there. Or maybe the funeral parlor who realizes we have a place that we can double as a mini golf place. 
Just make sure you call before you want a mini golf in case we are facilitating some sort of funeral service. I don't know whose idea this was, but since we're already in the funeral industry, how about a senior living place that also doubles as affordable cremations? I don't know who got up in that business owner's ear and said, you know, you could two for one this thing. But that's a bad idea. Every opinion should not be equally weighted in our lives. No great organization is run that way. In fact, I-based societies all eventually die. Jonathan Sachs says, the architects of the free societies of the West saw religion as the guardian of virtue. And virtue itself as essential to the future of freedom. George Washington himself, in his farewell address, shared these warnings about the future. He said, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. And let us with caution indulge the supposition that morality can be maintained without religion. Reason and experience both forbid us to expect that national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principles. It concerns me when de-churched and unchurched societies rise, when people so quickly dismiss of principles that have established the very freedom that we hold on to, so quickly dismiss of them for a me-centric, so that I can do what I want value system. In fact, Alexis de Cock, uh, I, I will butcher his last name, but he's an important man because, as you can see, he's the former minister for Europe and foreign affairs of France, said this, Liberty cannot be established without morality. So if you don't believe in God, but you have a preferred future of freedom, please lean into this, that there is a place for religion and the church because morality cannot exist without faith. We have to have some principles that hold us together so that we can be free enough to trust our neighbors. And to share one more quote that Will Durant said, who was a Christian who converted to an atheist. Nonetheless, he made this statement even though he converted to atheism. He said, there is no significant example in history before our time of a society successfully maintaining moral life without the aid of religion. In other words, you can struggle with God and you can struggle with the leaders, but if you want freedom in your life, then you too need to understand there is a place for the capital C church that plays a pivotal, central, important role that God planned from the very beginning to be at the center of any society and blessings will come out from there forward. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Can I get an amen? Religion plays a major role in providing a cohesive bond. I know what you're for. I know what you're for. I know you're not going to kill me. I know you're not going to steal from me. One man once said, I want every single uh, one rich man said, I want my butler. I want my doorkeeper. And I want my housemaker all to be Christians. Why? Because I know I will be stolen from less. 
because we need a common bond of I trust you, I believe in you, and we're going to build a society upon that. And when you strip it away, anarchy is not far behind because when God no longer rules the day, then all of a sudden it's me, which is different than me, you, 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 and we don't know what rules to abide by. So how do we convince America to return to its religious roots? And um, um, the baby boomer, boomer generation, let me start by saying this. Did you know that there is a societal demographic called the nuns? I'm not talking about women's in, women in covenant in Catholicism, okay, with nice little things and women in Calcutta. You should study Mother Teresa the nun and learn everything about her, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the N-O-N-E-S's. It's a spiritual demographic who identifies themselves as, I ain't got no faith, faith. None. Are you Christian, Buddhist, Muslim? None. And in our baby boomer generation, that demographic represented a small 17% of Americans. In one generation to Generation X, 17% crawled to 40%. Now, for the first time in American history in 2017... That demographic jumped past the majority and now represents 53% of our society. I accept none religion. Where will we get a cohesive bond? Where will we get morality? Where will we get lawmaking? Where will we get foundation? Where will we get trust from if we don't have a unified, cohesive bond? This is why God made the church to matter. Even if a church once hurt you or if a church did you wrong, I stand up as a pastor to say, I'm sorry. Because maybe there have been some Christians who have hurt you or have led incorrectly, but I want to tell you that you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That is an extreme minority of Christians, and there are a ton out there who are trying to live this thing out correctly. That doesn't mean we're always perfect, but what it does mean is we're going to live by a cohesive bond. That as best as I can, I'm going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. And in that kind of system, in that kind of church, trust can be built. Friendships can be built. Security can be built. And so can further things, systems that flourish. Can I get an amen? amen. Why is the demographic of nuns increasing? Well, here's one of the number one reasons. I don't see the value of the church. Young people are saying, what's the point of going to church? If all you're going to do is have your holy huddles and not care about the ailments of the city all around me. If you don't care about the fatherlessness, if you don't care about the um, needs of mothers, if you don't care about the hurting and the homeless, if you don't care about these things, as long as you have your Christian holy huddles, then, then if you're not going to be the church Monday through Saturday, then I don't need the church. This is the prevailing argument. But that's not the church God had in mind. If you read your word, here's what, here's what I wrote down, that, um, um, that we miss the gospel if all we do is have Sunday morning holy huddles and do nothing else. You and I are called to love our neighbors as ourselves. That came 
through our religion. That came through our Savior and our Jesus Christ. And the world doesn't have that mandate to love their neighbor as their self. The world has the mandate of eye for eye, tooth for tooth, dog eat dog. Come on, survival of the fittest. Come on, that's the, the world that uh, the world's mantra. But our mantra is different that says to love our neighbor as ourselves, And it's the only thing that can create a society worth building upon and maintain a future that we uh, love and appreciate. If the world does better in this, loving our neighbor, than the church does, what does it say about our witness? What does it say about our faith? What does it say about the Bible we love so much? However, when we do it right, oh, this is where I get pumped. We become the church God had in mind. Come on. An unstoppable force of love and mercy like the blood that flowed from Jesus' side on the cross for every single repentant sinner. Come on. A present, undeniable reality that God loves every person and his mercy is present and real. It is here for you. It is not against you. It is for you. It's here to redeem you. It's here to restore you. It's it's here to lift you. It's here to pick you up. If you're a church ready to be that kind of church, let me hear you clap and shout amen. You might think it's overwhelming, but I love this quote. Do not be daunted by the in, uh, enormity of the world's grief. Do justly now. <laughs> love mercy now. Walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work, but neither are you free to abandon it. So we might not be able to fix it all, but if we become who God had in mind, we become a part of the solution. And when we start linking arms and living out the call of God, it is an unstoppable, un, uh, uh, undeniable uh, force that God had in mind. And this is why we serve. This is why we serve. We serve the author and the finisher of love. First uh, 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 John 4.16 says, God is love. Okay, so hate, division, throwing words at one another, throwing spears, that's not the ways of God. Because the ways of God is God is love. And God is love. If we keep on loving others, someone say keep on. If we keep on loving others, say keep on. If we keep on loving others, we will stay one in our hearts with God. And he will stay one in with us. Tell your neighbor, keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping in love. We love because God loved us first. But if we say we love God and don't love each other, we are liars. I, I decided on Team Sunday to wear a Lift City shirt because these are the shirts we wear when we go serve our city. I think it represents not just Lift City. I think it represents Team Jesus all over the place. When the church mobilizes outside of the four walls that it worships God on a Sunday to go out and to love the stranger, to love the lost one, to love the less than perfect because we're still not perfect, only by God's grace. When we get outside those walls and we begin to serve other people, we are on Team Jesus. And I, I, I have said that we are going to Based on this scripture that we love because God loved us first, um, the, I have decided we're going to get a new uh, brand of Lift City shirts. It's going to say, Team Jesus, loving the hell out of people. 
literally. <laughs> literally. I'm not cussing up here. I literally mean that we are going to start with where someone is because isn't that how God loved us first? God didn't say, are you going to go my way or not? Because I'll bless you or I'll talk to you or I'll touch you or I'll be for you only when you choose me. No, he lovingly pulled me into a relationship with him. Team Jesus, loving people right where they are to a place that they walk with Jesus. And they're not going to stop there. I, if this is Team Sunday, and if we're playing a game, I say we sub hate off of the court and sub love back on. Come on. You ever, you ever found yourself on the side, side of a, a team? I, I made my uh, varsity squad my freshman year of soccer at a big public high school. That was a blessing and a curse. It was a blessing to my ego to think, hey, man, I made varsity one of the first in my school's history. It was a curse because that meant you were sitting on the pine a lot as upperclassmen were playing the game. And every once in a while, you need to sub somebody off. Who's, who's not pulling their weight. And I think hate has been on the field too long. I think discord has been on the field too long. It's time to just say, Coach, I'm subbing myself in because my God chose me. You're not an accident. This past Thursday, I went to ball with one of our small groups, basketball. I was, I was a justifiable first-round pick about a decade ago. <laughs> Now that I'm north of 40, and these knees are north of 42, when they divvied up teams, captains, and then they said pick, I got picked first round based on a decade ago performance. And immediately I thought, oh, crap. <laughs> I'm honored. You know, like my ego has just been stroked. But I'm no longer taking a charge in front of these people. <laughs> And my lateral movement's not what it used to be, okay? I still drop the jump shot on you, but that's about what my game has been limited to, okay? I'm out here to get a sweat on. Select me in the second round or third round, preferably. Some of us feel that way when God picked you. If you're a Christian, the Bible says God chose you. And you think, oh, crap, you could have picked smarter people than me. You could have picked more talented people than me. You could have picked better resourced people than me. You could have picked someone on the other side of the track. And that's how I feel, too. And yet God doesn't make mistakes. And he chose you, so it's time to get in the game. And as I tell my girl all the time, you're one of the best ones on the team. Come on. I don't care if it's right or not. I'm going to speak life into my child and let her be all that she was called to be and the same thing is true for you too God is saying I picked you on purpose I don't make mistakes you were the one I had in mind now let's play the game come on let's play the game and so I want to show you how a number of you have been playing the game anytime you've even given at Lift Church you've been playing the game I want to encourage you watch this these very tables are the tables in San Jose, Belize that are feeding about 80 kids three times a week here at the Care Point. I'm with Marielle. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, she is the facilitator here, along with the pastors in this area who um, uh, lead these kids. And tell us a little bit about the feeding and the spiritual feeding, too. Well, right here at San Jose Care Point, we, feed, we are feeding approximately 80 children 
they are coming and we are so happy to have them right here. We also have the upper sports and we also have the stories of hope. The kids are learning in the Bible. They are so happy because they go to the parents and tell them what they learn here and they came back and they need to tell us what they tell to the mom and dad. I think that's brilliant evangelism. They're, they're training them through the Bible. Uh, they teach the kids and then they feed them too. And then they send them home to tell their parents the stories they just heard. So the whole family gets to hear the story of Jesus. And it's just incredible. So I just want to remind you that Jesus's last words was the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the good news. And Jesus also said in the Gospels that when we give a cup of water just to one kid, we get it, we did it for him and he recorded all of it. So thank you because there's three things you can do with this. Continue to pray. Now, now we got a face in a place of where we've been given to and we can't wait to continue our relationship. Number two, when you give, thank you for your generosity because when you give, it does make an impact right here and even into the families through the various programs they've got. And um, finally, start praying about coming with me. We're gonna start doing regular trips to Belize and I think it's life transforming when you get into another culture's world, a culture you're going to meet in heaven and be with and just come make an impact right here. Come on, can we celebrate what God's using us to do? So I want to give you some handles on what you can do to turn this around and to ensure, because Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, who I opened up with talking about the, the concern from we to me, he is full of hope and so am I that our future is going to be bright as we regain our trust and understanding that God has a master plan. And so here's three ways to play. Go ahead and take some notes. Three ways to play his way, okay? I hope you're taking notes. Write this down. Three ways to play his way. Number one is pray. I just gave the three points. Pray. Pray, break my heart for what breaks yours. You might be in a place where you're indifferent to, to the needs of society. Maybe you've missed it. Maybe you've driven around in a microwave, fast-paced society just trying to get from home to work and missing all the needs all around us. And that would be called human and normal. But we, I, my, my pushback is to stop thinking about me by going to we. And it starts by just praying, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. What, what, what does my area need? What, 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 what do you desire? Number two, three ways to play his way. Number two is to give. Do you know that when you give, you are doing way more than just supporting a church and paying some sort of rent? That is not the, the plan that God has in mind. God is about people. And do you know that when you give, God calls us to give our first fruits to his house? And look at Exodus 23, 19. Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. What does that mean? Well, back in the day when, when Exodus was written, the commerce of the day, the money of the day, was how much you agriculturally yielded in your harvest. And so when you yielded a, a, a crop of corn, they would take the first 10%. And they would take it off the field, and instead of indulging in it and saying, finally, we got enough, instead they would take it to the Lord's house. 
and it would move their hearts from me to we as it provides resources for the whole community starting at his house. In Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits." of your crops. And so they were literally thanking God that I believe there's more where this came from. That as I bring you the 10%, you gave me 100%. You gave me the ability to yield all of it. You're the God of rain. You're the God of talents, gifts, and opportunities that you are now using to currently make currency in our day. You're the God of it, and I honor you by giving you the first 10% knowing you'll take care of the rest of it. Not only that, I found out that globally speaking, if every Christian gave 10%, which is what God speaks to us to give, if every Christian did that, world hunger would be eliminated, world illiteracy would be eliminated, the funding for missionaries to go into every single square foot of the globe and teach the news of Jesus Christ would be completely funded and the church would meet the local needs. That has been statistically, financially, economically fact-based. Come on, is God not a mastermind when he just says, hey, when you give, you are lifting the needs of others and you are changing places. Here's some, also some great news. When you give at Lift Church, we give 10% or more of it away, right away. We are doing what we are teaching that the Bible says you should be doing. I am doing. My wife and I are doing. We're doing that as a church. We give away locally to needs in our city. We give away nationally to build more churches that are preaching the name of Jesus Christ in a language people understand. And we're also globally supporting Israel. We're supporting Belize, which you just saw, where some of your giving goes towards as well as Papua New Guinea, Haiti, and come on, Ghana as well. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? You are making a difference. And the rest of it, what do we do? We, we build ministries that support our mission to, to see lost people saved, saved people pastored, pastored people equipped, and equipped people mobilized. That's our target. That's our goal. That's what we feel called to do here in Salisbury. And then finally, number three is to get in the game. Get in the game. Tell your neighbor he means serve. It's not enough to just pray and then to give. Do you know that some areas of the global missions world thinks America is, is, is a little fat on their money that they just kind of go, I don't have need to visit. I'll just throw money at it. I won't care. I'll just financially throw money at it. No, no, no. We're called to get in the game as well. You have hands and feet. And you know what I love about getting in the game? Team, team Jesus is not us against them. It's not, we about to dominate, baby. You just subbed me in. Y'all going down. Every single one of them. No. Team Jesus is not us against them. It's us for them. It's us for them because God is for us and not against us. Amos 3 verse 3 says, can two people walk together without agreeing, agreeing on the direction? You know what I think that means? I think that means you were once living in sin. And God called you to salvation or redirection is called a 180. And we turn away from our life of sin and we start walking with him. But when we encounter people coming the other way, we are going to turn and walk in agreement just for a season. To say, 
do you know about Jesus Christ? Come on. I will serve you where you're at. Are you hungry? I'm going to help feed you. Are you naked? I'm going to help put clothes on your back. Are you, are, are, are you sick? I'm going to meet your needs so that as I walk with you, I have bought the social equity to tell you about the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. His name's Jesus Christ. And you can walk with him too, and he will redeem you too, and he will restore you too. Come on. Jesus said it this way, Matthew 25. I was sick and you didn't care about me. I was hungry and you chose not to feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't even give me something to drink. I was in a prison cell and you couldn't care less. I was sick, I was naked, and you wouldn't even clothe me. And the people who loved Jesus said, when did we do that? And he said, when you neglected the least of these. You neglected me. But, he said, many of you saw I was hungry and you fed me. Many of you saw I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. Many of you saw I was lonely and you came to visit me. Many of you saw I was jammed up in a prison cell anywhere near you. You showed up and you cared. And when you did it for any one of these, you did it for me, Jesus Christ. Come on. In other words, we are called to get in the game. And that's why I say every, every week, we're about three things. He lifts, I lift, and we lift. We pray you know he's for you. We pray you begin to lift him up too, but we pray you don't stop there. We pray you link arms and you join us on Serve Day. So let me finish by saying this. Speaking of sick people, this Tuesday we're going to have a blood drive. Our very own Shelton, who leads worship many a times, came to me and said, we're going to do a blood drive. And he said, can we do it in partnership with Lyft? And I said, heck yeah, because if that means helping someone who's sick because I donated blood, then I say scan the QR code and let's fill out every single reservation left on there. I'm already signed up for 115, baby. Don't hold me to that because it might be 12.15. I don't know, but it's in my calendar. And I'm going to be there. And it will be in our Lyft parking lot over at the Annex. Sign up by scanning the QR code. And I say that's one way you can lift, but here's another one. A serve day is coming up next Saturday. If you're like, what's serve day? Then real quickly, let me say, we serve every month. No less than once a month, we go out and serve outside of the walls of Lyft Church. This past two weeks ago, we were at Halo Homeless Shelter. Come on. Our worship team came and led worship, and I preached a message. Do you know 13 people gave their life to Jesus Christ? And many of them are here today. Can we welcome our Halo? Come on, our guests. We're so glad to have you a member of the family of Lyft. And listen, we do that and many other things, but on one day, we unite with the global church on Serve Day. And we don't just do one project. We do numerous ones. So they're going to put it up on the screen. I went a little long on time. I'm asking for mercy, okay? Okay, but if you scan that QR code, it'll take you to the projects that we are doing this coming Saturday. And I'm asking for every single one of you to sign up for one. Okay, you might think... I don't know if I have the energy to work out in the heat. And you might think, I don't have all day. But I think one of the best things that you can do is to teach your kids this society is not about me. It's not about your YouTube channel. It's not about what you want to consume. It's about we. And so we are about to go get our serve on. And there are some of the opportunities that are not out in the heat, like writing letters to some of those Belize kids saying, God knows your name. He's in love with you. And he put you on my heart to send you a personal message today that says God is for you, 
He loves you, and he is full, he's going to lift you up. Come on. Or write into the elderly in our local area. You can also do chalk talk where you r- write chalk, encouraging words around Rise Up, which they've given us permission to do. Halo shelter, yard sale. Also, halo sorting. Come on, maybe you can sort some clothes out like nobody's business because you should have your own Netflix show about organization, and we all need to learn from you. Come on. That, that's how you can help the kingdom in our very area, as well as the Christian Shelter Dinner, Horsey Pampering, Elderly Care, Power Wash, Yard Care for a widow in our neighborhood. Come on, this is what we are called to do. And if you want to see what it looks like, I went a little long, but if you'll indulge me, this is what it looked like last year. Hey, we're here at the Serve Day Rally. We're eating some breakfast, drinking some coffee. We're about to pray together, receive some vision, and we're going to get started for the day. My name is Mary, and I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate the gentleman from church coming and helping me. Since I've lost my husband, it's been a little difficult. And uh, I have this little box that says, give it to God. So I put all my prayers in here, and he answered it. It took about a month, and I was beginning to wonder whether anybody was going to answer. But the Lord answered it and said, Sent these gentlemen, and what a blessing they are. Hey y'all, Cache here. We're here at Halo for the playground revamp. We're out here serving, we're pulling weeds, we're cutting tree downs, and really just taking their playground to the next level and giving them a lift. my heart that even though this year I am not serving our family is being served and it is a tremendous unspeakable honor that people saw a need um, and loved us enough to give up their Saturday in this heat to do something amazing for our family. It's pretty amazing when you go out somewhere most of the time people are asking you for things but to be able to give things to people they were totally shocked and you might not think that God blesses people through ice cream and water but he can and it's through the little things that we do we can build up Salisbury together we can show Jesus's love in the little ways so keep serving keep loving every single day outside of serve Saturday it's an amazing experience hey guys my name is Tierra. we're here at the Christian shelter tonight we are actually preparing a dinner and we have dessert and drinks for the residents and we are so excited to serve them dinner come on that's what we can do when we link arms and we lift, baby. Someone say, we lift. Someone say, we lift. Someone say, we lift. Oh, come on, it's Team Sunday. I get to do that only once a year. <laughs> hey, put that QR code up one more time and show that list of projects. Can I tell you that many of them are only going to take an hour and a half to about three hours of your Saturday. doesn't have to eat up your whole day. Some of them might take longer, but... You are a solution to these things that we are going to do this Saturday, and we can't wait next Sunday to come rally and show you all the things we did together. Somebody praise the Lord. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you that you choose to use us to be your hands and feet. 
Father, you are the head of the church, and what a glorious head we have. But, Father, you call us the body of Christ. And as your body, we pray that you would use us to mobilize into places of need, places of despair, places of hopelessness, places of brokenness, places of, 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 of feeling worn out and drained and empty, places of unbelief. And, Father, that you would move us in there to show up as just ever-present representatives and ambassadors of your love because you are for us. You are there. You see us. You don't neglect even the little one. Father, you know every hair that's on our head, so you, every, you know every single need. So, Father, I pray that you would push us to step outside of our comfort zone and to step outside of our preferences and to choose we instead of me in the name of Jesus Christ. You can do it. You can do it, and you can make a difference by showing up. And before you open your eyes, with every head bowed, every eye still closed, I just want to pray for some of you in here. You might not be close to God. I said in the beginning, maybe you were questioning God. Maybe you gave up on organized religion because you thought it didn't really care about the ailments of the city, but you now realize that's not the God of the gospel. The gospel is ever-present. The God of the gospel is here, and the God of the gospel cares about you too. And even if you were hurt and even though that you were offended, he sent me to say, I'm sorry on behalf of a spiritual leader that's hurt you. But God is for you and he loves you. And he wants to draw you and restore you and redeem you and help you make a difference with your life. He wants to forgive you of every single sin without embarrassing you or calling you forward. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. If you know it's time to give my life to Jesus or it's time to come back to him. Would you just quickly throw your hand up in the air real high, just like, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm choosing. And I see hands everywhere. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I see hands everywhere. You can put them down. But if you know I should have gotten in on that too, would you just throw your hand up? If you're online and you say, that's me. It's hitting home today. God's moving in my life. Did right in the chat, I'm in too. And we're so excited for the decision you're making because we're going to, we trust God and we know he's going to lift you up and he's going to use you to make a big difference. Would you pray with me? All of the church is going to pray out loud alongside of you. But everybody pray loud and proud and say, Jesus, I give you my life. I'm a sinner. I've messed up and done dumb things. Would you please forgive me? I'm so sorry for hurting you. And I believe Jesus is the Son of God, sent down from heaven to die on a cross so that I wouldn't have to. Jesus, you paid the price for my sin so that I could be free. I receive your freedom. I receive your forgiveness. I'm a brand new person, and I want you to live inside of me. Use my life as your body. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church said amen and amen. Come on.